Welcome to the new 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week we seek to understand the practical truths of the Bible and how they can change our lives. And now, here's your podcast host, Pastor Mark Miner. Hey, thank you for stopping by to uh, give a listen to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. My name is Mark Miner. Honored to be a part of your life today. Thank you for the 24 minutes you're going to lend me. If you're a new listener and if you're a regular listener, thank you for stopping back in again. I hope that these podcasts have been helpful for you through the last few years. I'm excited about what we're beginning today as I stand before you, before this golden microphone, actually it's black, but as I stand before this microphone, I'm excited. It's January of 2024 as I record this podcast. You may be listening to some uh, time way down the road, but regardless, it's a new year. And as we start a new year, I hear so many people around me and in our church family and in the Christian world saying, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Well, that's always an exciting time, but in a lot of ways, it's it's like Weight Watchers. We, we do pretty good in January, maybe in February, but at some point in time, we kind of fall off the wagon. We, we lose sight of that focus. And that's, uh, that's natural. It's, it's, it's human, uh, humanity in our weakest form, perhaps, that we make commitments we can't keep. But I want to encourage you to do so, but I want to make it easier for you. Uh, you may read through the Bible, and I certainly would encourage you to do that. But what I'm going to be doing here in the 24-Minute Bible Podcast this year is really a reboot. When things go wrong with my computer, I turn it off and I turn it on again and hopefully it goes to those default settings and I haven't messed it up too much. Well, uh, a reboot is a fresh beginning. It's a time to, to reset and restart and that's really what I'm going to be doing in this year with the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. We're going to start today in Genesis. It's not something that I haven't done before. In fact, you can look back at some of the other 146 episodes, and you will see that we have walked through the Bible uh, to help you understand, that's the purpose of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, to help you understand how the Bible fits together. And so uh, that's what I'm going to be doing this year. I'm going to be doing it a a little bit different way. Uh, I want to introduce you to what I'm going to call mountains. You know, we often go to the mountains. We load up in our cars or we take a flight, and and most often we go to the mountains. It may be the Rocky Mountains or it it may be some uh, mountains in the Appalachians. It may be some mountains somewhere else in the world. But they're majestic. They're huge. They're in front of us. They're very visible, uh, and they are guide points for us in many ways. And that's what I'm going to be doing with the Bible. I'm going to be giving you today, as we look at the book of Genesis, seven verses out of the 50 chapters of the book of Genesis. I believe these seven verses will give you mountains to aim at. You can fill in the valleys as you will, but I believe these mountains will at least help you to put uh, this book and all the other subsequent books together so that you will know the Bible and you will feel comfortable with it with it. You may not know everything about it, but there's there's a beauty, there's a, a purpose in redundancy, in saying something over and over again, or learning something over and over again. I don't watch too many movies, but if I'm home and something happens to be on uh, the, the television, I'll watch it, and I got caught up in Field of Dreams, and so I've seen that movie uh, five or six times. I can probably tell you all the lines. The same thing with The Martian. I love space, and, 
and that movie has, has captivated me. Then there's uh, Hunt for Red October, that mystery of the Russian Cold War days. And, and I've seen those movies enough that, that I didn't intend to memorize them or the script or the different scenes, but I can certainly predict and tell you what scenes are coming up. Well, in the same way, that's what I want to help you do with the Bible. You may not understand everything in between. You may not have every, every line memorized, uh, but uh, you will have the basic concept uh, of the Bible, how it fits together. And there is a plan, and it is God's plan. There is a cohesiveness and a connectedness all through the Bible. So uh, I hope that's uh, something you're interested in. If it is, I'd welcome you every week to uh, this 24-minute uh, Bible reboot as we again begin to put God's Word, uh, the most incredible book, the book I believe that came from the very heart and breath of God, a book that is as pertinent and as up-to-date today as it was when it was written uh, up, up to 4,000 years ago. So uh, <clears throat> here we go. Get ready. Uh, I ho hope to uh, help you with the podcast to uh, put the Bible together in a way that will help you. Today is the book of Genesis. Moses is the tool that God uses to communicate this book. I think it's important to say it that way because most of the books of the Bible, when we know the author, we have a little context of where they've come from. They were in the society or they're looking back writing or they are writing as they travel, particularly in the New Testament. But we have to also remember from the Bible's perspective that every word comes from the heart of God using human beings, about 40 of them, over 1,600 years on three different continents, uh, to uh, put the Bible together in this one continuous uh, flow, not only of history, but of spirituality. Moses is writing the book of Genesis. Now, we've got to be honest, that's a difficult ask to uh, think that Moses, who lived somewhere uh, <clears throat> 2,500 years after the creation of the world, uh, is writing about the creation of the world. We do understand from other books in the Bible that Moses uh, had a unique relationship with God. In fact, the Bible's reference of Moses is that he, was, uh, he uh, went face-to-face -face with God in this tent called the Tent of Meeting. He had 40 years to do it as they wandered around in the wilderness. And while they're out there those 40 years, God communicated with Moses things that Moses could not have known, but that came from the very heart of God. We believe, or I believe them to be authentic and correct, authoritative in, uh, the, in the references that it makes. So when God, as we look at this first mountain here in a moment, when I read what I read, I believe that it is exactly what God intended for us to know as he wrote through the pen or through the quill of uh, the scribing of uh, his servant Moses. So uh, here we go. That's just sort of a disclaimer of how we even get to the book of Genesis. So let's talk about mountain number one. Mountain number one, and I'm going to give you seven verses that are key to the book. And if you would, if, if you're just driving down the road, of course, don't look these up right now. But if you're listing somewhere else and you have time, uh, these seven verses will give you an understanding of the 50 chapters 
of the book of Genesis, and it will help you put it all together, these seven mountains, these seven verses, if you will. So here we go. Mountain number one is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You have a choice when you begin to read the Bible. You can either accept it or reject it. Uh, the Bible says that God created the earth in six days. It says this in numerous places, not just in Genesis, but in other places. Uh, so uh, was it six days or was it 13.8 billion years ago, which is what evolution would say? Uh, did this creation, this world that we're enjoying, listening, uh, experiencing right now in your life, did it come from the mind of God or is it just a cosmic accident? Those are your two choices I think you have when we consider uh, how we got to where we are at, the origins of this world. I, of course, default to God. Uh, but let's think about uh, what God said there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, mountain number one. Uh, creation is the first and, and, and profound mountain that God gives us. We understand that God uh, created a pristine and a willing planet that lay before the feet of the caretakers, which were Adam and Eve. All is good. It's glorious. It's without danger or suffering. And things are really great until mankind sins. And you know the story, so again, I'm not filling in the blanks much there. The mountain is creation of which Adam and Eve are a part, mountain number one. But we're about to transcend uh, to mountain number two. Because after mankind sins, everything changes. Mountain number two, the fall. Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say? So much that we could say about this whole, uh, my goodness, Genesis 3 is the psychology of humanity. Uh, if uh, you really understand and pull apart, we're not going to get into that today. But mountain number two, mountain number one was creation. Mountain number two is the fall. Mankind fell. We fell hard, indescribably hard with this advent of sin. And it all started uh, with mankind listening to the serpent, the devil, the deceiver, Satan himself. And that is where the Bible begins with the fall. And we hear the very words of Satan, uh, which are still the words he says to you and I today, did God really say? Satan's main tool is doubt. Doubt of God, doubt of our value, doubt of what reality is, doubt of our abilities, doubt, 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 which leads to fear, which leads to so many of the failing things that you and I have done in our life. But doubt is where it starts out. The first words of Satan, and anytime the first words or a first term appears in the Bible, I would give it some, some understanding. I would let it, it sets the tone for the rest of the book, and in fact, for the rest of, of uh, humanity and understanding history. Satan's first words were to cast doubt. Did God really say? And from his very first words, and this is even before sin has taken place, Satan is seeking to destroy the name and the nature of holy God. He seeks to profane. 
And that means to take something holy and smear it with manure, put it into the mud, uh, cause it to be not what it should have been in the holy uh, reverence aspect, but it is to take it and to demean it. And Satan is always doing that with everything he touches uh, because we understand, again, from a biblical perspective that he hates God and therefore he hates you. He hates humanity, the children of God. So we understand on mountain number two, uh, it's the fall, Genesis 3.1. Did God really say? So we go from mountain number two to mountain number three. I hope this concept's working for you. Uh, we, we've just covered a lot of history. We're going to cover a lot more here in the next few moments. Uh, mountain number three is found in Genesis 6. We're going to talk about Noah and the flood. Mountain number one, if you just want to put the book of Genesis together, mountain number one, creation. Remember that. Mountain number two, the fall, Genesis 3. Mountain number three, Noah and the flood. Genesis 6, 8 is the verse, the key verse here. But now Noah found favor, some versions say grace, in the eyes of the Lord. The world had a, a sorry history after sin for the next 1,600 years from the fall of Adam and Eve till the time, the calling of Moses, sin had really caused a lot of pain and grief on the inhabitants of planet Earth as they multiplied and as they increased. You can read about that in Genesis 4, 5, and 6, but in Genesis 6, we encounter God saying that it grieved his heart that he had created mankind, not because he was necessarily mad at mankind, but because of what we were doing to ourselves, and certainly what we were doing in our affront to God, sort of a shaking our fist at God. He came to that point, God did, that he said, I'm going to wipe the planet clean, so to speak. And so, of course, you understand the story. He commanded Noah to, or invited him, perhaps might be a better term, uh, to build a boat, an ark. You can read about the ark. It's amazing. You can read about all the things that take place in Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, uh, and 9. All those chapters there, I'm just giving you the mountain. Mountain number three is Noah and the flood. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so uh, it's, a, it's a child story, but it's really a very technical and true story. The ark was some 450 plus feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. This was not a small little ark with a giraffe's neck sticking out the top as they're floating merrily along on a, on a placid sea. This is a boat, a ship that's going to save humanity during the most cataclysmic event that has ever taken place on planet Earth which is the flood. After the flood, everything changes. Climate changes. Uh, dinosaurs, which were on the earth before and walked with uh, mankind, I believe, are now beginning to go extinct. We see the lifespan change dramatically. Uh, we have seasons for the first time. There is just a tremendous change on planet Earth. All of that attributed to mountain number three, Noah and the flood. We doing okay so far? Well, let's go to mountain number four. Only three more mountains left. Mountain number four is found in Genesis 9-1. Mountain number four is a restart. You get a do-over. You get a mulligan. You get another chance at getting this right. In Genesis 9-1, this is the verse, that God blessed 
Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. That's Genesis 9-1. Now, where have we heard that before? That's what God said to Adam and Eve. And now he's saying it to Noah, more specifically to Noah's three children's children. Uh, they, they get a new beginning. They get a new start. Uh, the words of Adam and Eve are repeated to these three couples, the children of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. They are commanded, if you will, to fill the earth. However, it is a different world that they're now filling. This isn't the world of Adam and Eve where everything was pristine and wonderful and beautiful. This is a world that is in many ways at war with them, a whole different climate than what, be what it was before the flood. So uh, the world is going to have seasons. Did not have that before the flood. There's going to be a different atmosphere before the flood. The average lifespan of humanity was about 900 years. I know that seems odd to us, but for those 1,600 years before the flood, that was the way it was. After the flood, almost immediately, the lifespan as we chart the genealogies, and by the way, if you go to the Facebook page of uh, the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, I will have charts and graphs to help you if you want to dig deeper into your study, your talk through of the book of Genesis. We have a different earth. We have a different atmosphere. Mankind is now living to be about 70 years old. And uh, Abraham and Isaac, or excuse me, Abraham and Sarah were considered too old to have children. Uh, Abraham was 75 and Sarah was 65 when that took place. And that was only a few hundred years after the flood. Something changed. It was cataclysmic change and it was all caused by this event of the flood. We're on mountain number four now. We're talking about a restart. These three families, Shem and Ham and Japheth and their wives, uh, soon uh, go their separate ways, we read. Uh, they, uh, and because of that separation, we now have the beginning of tribes and groups and nations and countries, ethnicities. Uh, we begin, we see that now we, the different languages are beginning to evolve, particularly after the Tower of Babel that we read about in Genesis chapter 11. Uh, but we have increased hostilities, wars, and rumors of wars. It's not a pleasant earth that they're living in now, but it's our planet. And it all, at least, it is the restart for uh, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Again, charts and maps will show you the three different people groups, where they went, and uh, some ideas on how that evolved to get us to where we are at today. That's mountain number four, a restart. Mountain number five, Abraham. Mountain number five is Abraham. Genesis 12, 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land that I will show you. Friends, everything changes in the Bible on Genesis 12, and it's, it's just a pivot from the first 11 chapters of Genesis, which are looking at the world, looking at all humanity, looking at a worldwide flood, looking at so many things that have to do with everybody. But from Genesis 12 on, the Bible makes a dramatic pivot. No longer are we looking at all the other countries or all the other ethnicities or people groups. We're looking at one man. And for the rest of the Bible, from Genesis 12 all the way to Acts chapter 2, we study, read, learn, are uh, enveloped in the life of Abraham and his children. 
Every cha- everything changes with that verse because God calls Abraham. Why did he call Abraham? Well, we don't know that he was any more religious or righteous. Uh, we certainly don't understand exactly why God did what he did. He doesn't always tell us, and he certainly doesn't have to. But one thing we do understand is that God was going to use this man to bring forth the Messiah, the Savior of the world, uh, the Lord of, of creation, was going to be uh, coming to planet Earth, and he was going to use the genealogy, the family line of Abraham and his wife Sarah. Now, it will be 42 generations between Abraham and the coming of the babe of Bethlehem, Jesus. But the, the coming answer, the Savior, God's Son, will come through the line of Abraham. And that's why in the Bible we are so involved from Genesis 12 on with the life of Abraham and all of his children. So let's go to mountain number six. Mountain number five was Abraham. Mountain number six, again, we're just putting these seven mountains together so you can cover the entire book of Genesis uh, with these seven verses. Mountain number six is Israel and his 12 tribes. The verse is Genesis 32:28. Then the man, or the angel, some interpret it, uh, said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have overcome. Uh, if you remember anything about Bible history, if you've read that story before, uh, Jacob was whose name means deceiver. He deceived his brother out of his birthright and sort of fit his character. But he's now in a fix. He's now in a bind. And he has a wrestling match. Some believe with a man. Some believe with an angel. uh, Some believe with Jesus himself. Uh, Regardless, there was a wrestling match going on. And this grandson of Abraham is striving with God. And because of this uh, dramatic encounter, Jacob's name is changed. Uh, And after the all-night-long wrestling match, and don't think of it as a conflict or a war, think of it more as a bonding time. I've wrestled with my children, my young sons particularly, and and it was one of the most bonding. We sometimes call it rough-and-tumble play, but uh, think of it more that way as God, uh, perhaps in the form of Jesus, was wrestling with Jacob. And at the end, Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. And he was blessed with not only a change of name, but a change of character. And that change uh, precipitated in the tribe or the, the person now once known as Jacob, now known as Israel. And from now on and forever, Jacob, now known as Israel, and his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, will be the focal point of the Bible and of history even to this very moment. Mountain number seven is uh, Israel in Egypt. And this is an important verse. The verse is Genesis 46, 3. And it says, Jacob, as he's talking to Jacob, I am God, the God of your father. He said, this is God speaking, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. So Jacob and his 12 sons ultimately end up in Egypt. And that's why this last verse for this last mountain in the book of Genesis is important. 
uh, all of Egypt, 70, or all of Israel, excuse me, the family of Israel, uh, Jacob and his 12 sons and their wives and children, uh, 70 in all, the Bible says, journey down to Egypt. Now, Joseph, Jacob's 11 son, or Israel's 11 son, uh, is now vice pharaoh of Egypt. He's got a cushy job. He's in good shape. Things are good. And so he says to his family, there's plenty to eat here. There's plenty of good land here in the land of Goshen. So they all come and settle, and things are wonderful for, for a while. But at some point in time, the political, political fortunes of uh, the family of uh, Israel change, and Israel now becomes slave to the land and to the people of Egypt. For 400 years, they are stuck in Egypt. And this is how the book of Genesis ends. They are in Egypt. But a deliverer is coming. A deliverer that we will read about in the very next book of the Bible. That deliverer is Moses. And Moses will bring about the Exodus, which is book number two that we will study next week or talk about next week. So we've climbed the seven mountains of Genesis. I would encourage you to spend some time in the valleys, look at some of the chapters. If you want to read through the entire book, uh, please feel free to do so. Uh, but hopefully you understand from these seven mountains that uh, this is how the book of Genesis uh, sets up things as we move now to the book of Exodus. Check out the Facebook page if you would. Just type in the number two, the number four, 24 minute Bible, and you will find the charts and maps and notes from this episode. I look forward to seeing you next week as we look at the book of Genesis on the 24 minute Bible podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24 minute Bible podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.